0: Catherine Weigel happy accident who's lost 145 pounds. What does that mean? Me, Bob Ross always used to be like, oh, it's not a mistake. It's a happy oh, accident. Oh, yeah. OK. So I don't know. Uh, and with me today is... Another happy <laughs> accident,
1: Donald Weigel. I
0: think I was planned. I think you were planned. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know if I was planned. My parents were so young. But whatever. Uh, we happily, accidentally got married a long time ago. Okay, Wait, did I even
0: say that this was We Only Look Thin?
1: I don't think so. What? Well, Welcome to We Only Look Thin. Welcome to We
0: Only Look Thin. I am Catherine Weigel. I've lost 145 pounds. And
1: I have lost about 100 pounds.
0: And we've kept it off for over three years.
1: Yes, we have. That
0: is not a mistake.
1: No, no. We've done that on purpose. Uh, But we uh, accidentally got married a bunch of years ago. We enabled each other's (laughs) bad behavior accidentally for a really long time. We
0: sure did. And then we got it
1: together, and we're here to tell you about it. Yeah. It was just that simple.
0: If you recall, last week we talked about mistakes in your weight loss journeys, and today we are going to finish up that list with the final seven.
1: Yes, indeed. Uh, we went through, we found an article on uh, Healthline.com uh, by Franziska Spritzler, um, and it's entitled 15 Common Weight Loss Mistakes. We went through the first eight of them last week. Uh, we put our own personal spin on them, and we're going to go through the final uh, seven this week. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, uh, before we get into that, though, I wanted to uh, welcome anybody who is here as a result of our recent uh, Reddit AMA on the RLoseIt group. Thank you so much for hosting us, R Lose It, and uh, we think it went well. We talked about it last week. Uh, when but now it's
0: actually happened. But now it's actually
1: happened. <laughs> although it'll have been a week ago by the time you get this, it's yeah, all it's like the news. the whole time travel story situation where things have happened. Like, and now we're talking about them as if they're in the past, and yeah. now they are in the past, and it's all been great.
0: Yeah, and uh, speaking of great. 2021 has been a great year. Nothing's happened. There's yeah. no interesting things in the news.
1: Exactly. It's just so
0: boring. So you've taken the time out of your busy, boring schedule to uh, listen to this podcast, and we really appreciate it because nothing else is happening in the world.
1: Yes, indeed. That was
0: sarcasm. Um, yes,
1: indeed. <laughs> um, so uh, next week, we're going to actually uh, do an episode uh, where we talk about what we talked about on the uh, Reddit AMA, answer some of the uh, the questions that we were asked uh, in uh, podcast. Podcast form because that's uh, talking is kind of what we do. Uh, the the typing part of the Reddit AMA is uh,
0: oh my gosh. hard
1: for me. Not that I'm a terrible typist, but uh, it's so much slower than it is just saying things out loud.
0: I sat for three and a half hours and didn't eat or drink anything. It, it was actually amazing. I get so engrossed in it and love answering questions and engaging with people. So it's always kind of magical when I have those moments where I forget about food because it rarely ever happens
1: yeah uh, and uh, i did not forget to eat i paused and <laughs> made lunch in the middle of it
0: <laughs> and i judged him terribly for it now yes it fine. yes
1: she usually does
0: yeah uh so let's see what else do we have to talk about
1: i think uh, i think we have to talk about weight loss mistakes that mistakes. people make part two of it part two um and uh as we get into this list just like we mentioned the last time just because there may be one or two things on this list that that don't resonate with you or that you completely disagree with doesn't mean you should toss out the entire list. There are a couple of things on this list that have had little to no bearing no on bearing. my weight loss success uh, at all, and um, we're going to talk about those anyway. We're going to uh, – maybe they will resonate with you even if they don't resonate with us. Uh, we're going to give you our spin on them, our opinion, but um, just – as, as we've said, sometimes we have a tendency to, if we hear one thing on a list that we don't like, we chuck out the whole thing, but try and take the parts of this that really resonate with you. And you don't have to adjust all, you know, seven of these things, or if you listened to last week, all 15, you don't have to adjust them all right now, but take what you like, go week to week, go step by step. And, um, I think it's important, to learn from your mistakes. We made weight loss yeah. mistakes for many, many years, most of our adult lives, and I was 45 years old before I even began getting on the right path.
0: Yeah, and you know what I think the fun thing about this podcast is? No. We differ on our opinions on some of these Oh as well. yeah, we there, do. I have some opinions I haven't even told you about because I want to save it and shock you yeah. for the episode. Yeah, so, uh, I'm looking
1: forward to being shocked.
0: <laughs> no, That's what I like. But I think too the great thing about us is that um, that, no okay seriously let's get serious bro
1: okay bro we're getting serious
0: (laughs) is that we donald and i don't do the same thing so just because he has a wrong opinion about something doesn't mean that it isn't right for him it's great it's super for him
1: yeah exactly i have so many wrong opinions
0: no but there are we spent so many years worrying about the opinions of others. The only way you can do it is if you, you know, and we'll get into that as these uh, the list of seven unfold. But really watch out for those ultimatum. If you don't, then you're never going to make it work for you see what resonates, and go from there, like Donald said.
1: Yes, indeed. And speaking of things that we don't entirely agree with, we're going to start with an item on this list that I do not uh, uh, really agree with. And the author says, uh, a weight loss mistake people make is not eating whole, single-ingredient foods. And – I have to tell you...
0: (laughs) Here it comes. Here comes the pain
1: train. I eat some whole single ingredient foods for sure. I eat a lot of carrot sticks. I eat a lot of, you know, cherry tomatoes. But I do not worry about that. And in fact... There have been so many times in my life where somebody has told me I had to eat those things and I was so disgusted and so miserable just eating whole single ingredient foods that I like went completely rebel and went off of the diet completely to get revenge, so to speak, because I was so miserable just eating those foods.
0: Well, and I think too, you know, when I was in Weight Watchers, they talked about eating foods at the outside edges of the grocery store. So only sticking to dairy, produce, and, you know, meat, poultry, that kind of thing. Right. And never enter the middle of the grocery store as though it was lava. Like, you're never going to lose weight <laughs> if you go down the, you know, rice aisle. Right. And getting into a position where you feel like, I'm doing it wrong if I eat packaged foods. I'm doing it wrong if I go to restaurants. Um, our friend of the show, friend of friends, Nicole ate nothing but like buffalo wild wings and pizzeria uno and I know, beer and, and
1: drinks beer and managed to lose what is it lose over 100 pounds right yeah I,
0: but if you're in a position where eating whole foods is not realistic for your budget for your time for your energy and for your interest do not worry about it i think we can feel less than if we don't you know, live up to some standard of an influencer who has a very different lifestyle than we do. And for us, Donald and I grew up on packaged food, Chef Boyardee, like kind of middle class foods. And eating whole foods when you're working full time, when you're managing kids, when you're, you know, super busy is really hard. It's a hard thing to achieve. So don't hold yourself to that standard. Um, We have done some episodes about Pumping up the volume. Pump up
1: the volume.
0: Where we talk about taking those instant foods, those, you know, frozen foods, and pumping up the volume with vegetables or salsa or, you know, other foods that are maybe a whole food. Yeah. I'm in air quotes again, because I can't stop doing that. But it's like, (laughs) but it's like, okay, I can't go to the farmer's market and harvest my own grain and beat my own wheat and whatever. And like,
1: that's fine. Because that's what you do. You beat your wheat. You
0: beat (laughs) your wheat. Oh, no, wheat beater! No one has ever said that. No, no, I don't think beating
1: wheat is in the process at all. But but we're gonna go with it.
0: No, but like you see somebody like you know I don't want to say Gwyneth Paltrow, but I'll say Gwyneth Paltrow, who's like, oh, I eat macrobiotic. Like, oh, if you only eat local, that's all you can do. I'm not that person. I get my frozen, you know, uh, brown rice from Trader Joe's. It's fine. Like, that's what I can do. And that's the time that I have in this season of my life.
1: Yeah. I probably eat 80 to 90% like what would be considered packaged processed foods. Like, I eat a lot of, you know, veggie burgers, veggie hot dogs, all those sorts of things. Um, Veggie, veggies. (laughs) Veggie, veggies. Exactly. But now, In fairness, though, and I think, you know, to the author's point... I do find that when I eat quote unquote real food, like if during the early parts of the day, I try and stick to things like cottage cheese and Greek yogurt and um, and fruit and you know high protein foods that I consider real foods and I save my snacky treaty foods for later in the day because once I start eating like a chips or a candy bar or something like that, I find it really hard to stop. And so... I do try and stick to those, you know, quote-unquote real foods earlier in the day.
0: Well, and for me, it's more about satiety because Donald and I eat very differently. If all you can manage is a frozen Jimmy Dean breakfast sandwich. Right. Like, and that satisfies you, that's fine. Eat the Jimmy Dean. But if you find that you're hungry 20 minutes later, then maybe supplementing that with some veggies for breakfast, which is something that I do now. But I don't make my own you know, I don't grow my own Brussels sprouts. I buy the Brussels sprouts in the package from Trader Joe's, throw it in the microwave for 20 seconds and like that's as much whole food as I can manage.
1: Yeah, and I eat a lot of cauliflower and I, you know, get the pre-chopped like microwave right in the bag kind because it eliminates that barrier to me eating it. I pop it in the microwave and then there it is, it's ready to go and I don't have to do anything um, other than push a couple of buttons and it helps me to eat that whole food food. Um, which has been chopped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is a, is a whole food still whole when it's been chopped? I don't know. That's why you only eat
0: cherry tomatoes, is because it's a whole food in your mouth. You don't have to chop the tomatoes. That's so right. You're but when this I seriously when
1: I'm biting the cherry tomatoes, are they no longer whole oh foods? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So
0: much navel gazing. But also I've seen those things where it, you know, the ideal diet plan is don't eat any foods with more than five ingredients. Yeah, like it's yeah, some yeah. magical force field that you go through. And it's like, sure, I had actually, this is a fun anecdote. I'm oh, gonna, a fun aside. I like fun. Here we go. I uh, was testing out some shelf stable foods for our earthquake emergency kit oh, uh, yeah. because we live in Los Angeles. And I had like a Chef Boyardee little cup. It was 90 calories, 100 calories, but it had a lot of sugar in it. Yeah. And it's not the Chef Boyardee that is the problem, it's that like added sugar made me really like num, 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 uh, num, yeah.
1: afterward. That what, sound what is that, what I make. <laughs> what that translates into is it made her want to eat a lot more sugar. <laughs> yeah.
0: So for me, having a like a canned vegetable soup, oh my gosh, there's so much sodium, my problem is not the sodium. Yeah. It's exactly. the snackiness that follows. So I can have a can of tomato soup and maybe throw in some actual vegetables into it and pump up the volume. But watch your hunger signals, watch how food Food makes you feel. There is nothing magical. There are no food police that are going to see that you're not eating whole foods and are coming to ruin and ruin everything like just see where you are right now maybe a whole food means that you get a rotisserie chicken at the grocery store maybe it means you get canned vegetables or bagged vegetables yeah i don't even chop my own salad i can't deal with that that's too much information yeah i buy it packaged and ready to go and sometimes that's even too hard like yeah. if i have can like, yeah, i just not sure. even open the package it's too hard
1: yeah and so i have lost 100 pounds by eating a lot of convenience food which doesn't mean eat nothing but junk but it is possible to do that and still lose weight but i think the bottom line here is that you'll have to make this decision for yourself if you find that eating these convenience foods these packaged foods is just making it impossible for you to stick to a healthy eating plan then maybe you do need to incorporate more of you know single ingredient whole foods in your life But um, it's going to be on a person-by-person basis.
0: Yeah, and I know Donald said on a final note, but I've got my own final note.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A not-so-final note.
0: (laughs) And furthermore, but over the Christmas holiday break, when we weren't working, I was able to make many more whole food meals for the family because I wasn't working. And it was much easier. But I know myself well enough to say this is a particular period of time that it's easy to do that. I can, you know, roast vegetables. I can, you know, make bigger, you know, more whole food meals. But back at work, it's much harder to do that. And it's okay to be inconsistent. Maybe one week you feel like you can do it all. And the next week, if it's overwhelming... Don't worry about it. It doesn't mean you failed the plan. Just accommodate what you can do based on your current circumstances. And that's all we have to say on this topic.
1: And one final note (laughs) on this topic, the actual final (laughs) note. Um, No, moving on to the next item on the list. Um, uh, And this one, again, is one that has not really played any part in my uh, germ venture, but it might in yours. And that is eating too much fat on a low-carb diet.
0: Yeah, I know we have a lot of different kinds of listeners and listeners on different plans. And so some of these suggestions and tips are not going to work for everyone. For us, a calorie deficit matters. But there was a time that I did do Atkins slash keto and lost a lot of weight. And then I did stop losing a lot of weight. I wasn't tracking anything. And sometimes yeah. things just don't work anymore, and you don't know why.
1: Yeah, keto Atkins worked great for me until it, it didn't. didn't. <laughs> and you know, I I lost a I lost like fifty pounds on it at one point in my life, and then I remembered I like pasta and bread yeah. and and all those things, and it came roaring back. But I, I think that part of the author's point in this about the eating too much fat is that you're not really supposed to be counting anything on the plan. Um, other than your carbs, and so people can end up eating a lot more calories than they they think they're getting, and um, it can result in a reduction in weight loss or um, even in weight gain if you're you know if you're eating too much of these things.
0: So one of the uh, her main points is if you're adding large amounts of fat to your food or beverages and not losing weight, you may want to cut back on the fat. Like I know that there's the bulletproof coffee, which is you add coconut oil or something to your coffee and blend it up yeah i don't know and it, it's don't supposed really know to improve satiety and i think for me you know satiety really does matter but if the scale stops moving you need to change something and if you don't want to change something then you'll get the same results so for us being scientists and experimenting with our plans when i am tracking calories and i stop losing weight I have to decide what I want to change. Do I need to move more or do I need to eat less? Like it kind of, there's a balance there. So whatever plan you're following, if you stop losing weight, you may need to be in a position where you're willing to change what you're doing. Fat has a lot of delicious calories. You might want to cut back on that. Um, but again, it's not something that we follow, uh, in our plan right now.
1: Yeah. We, we essentially just count calories, but, uh, uh, the next thing on the list is eating too often, even when you're not hungry. Yeah. And I don't think for me that this is a giant problem because I'm always hungry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, but I do think that there, you know, and again, with the only eat whole foods, you know, don't feed a gremlin after midnight, right. like those kinds of things. There are people who are like, you got to eat every two hours. You got to do The only way to lose weight is to do it this way. So For Donald and I, we have different eating plans, and for him, he is much more regimented in his timing of eating, and the thing is, see what works for you. If a plan is saying, eat every two hours, whether you're hungry or not, if that doesn't work for you, don't do it. If you're not losing weight, switch to something else. Donald eats much later in the day, doesn't he?
1: I do. In fact, one of the things I wanted to uh, point out, the author points out, she links to two different studies that show that the recommendation to eat breakfast every morning, regardless of appetite, also appears to be misguided. That's a direct quote from the article. Um, And then there's another study that says, one study found that when people skipped breakfast, they took in more calories at lunch than they'd eaten in the morning meal. However, they consumed an average of 408 fewer calories for the day overall. Meaning that when they skipped breakfast, they ate a bigger lunch, sure, but then throughout the whole day, they ended up eating smaller number of calories. And that is the strategy that I use. I did a lot of experimenting on this and discovered that I was the least hungry in the morning. And so, skipping lunch or skipping breakfast in the morning allowed me to have more calories later in the day when I really felt like I needed it because I was so hungry then. And that really has worked well for me.
0: Well, and as a kid, we get so many different messages about, you know, like breakfast is the most important meal of the day. right? And, you know, I'm joking about the gremlin thing about like, don't get wet, don't, you know, eat after midnight. But We hear these rules and we take them as gospel, but being in a position as a grown-up adult to see what works for you really matters. There are some mornings where I am starving. Like earlier this week, I was really, really hungry, and usually I try to eat later. I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to have some breakfast. I'm going to kind of stick to vegetables and protein if I'm really hungry, then that will be fine. If I'm going like, oh, I really want a Danish right now on a random Wednesday, like that's not really hungry. That's I'm hungry for a sweet. But for me, I'm flexible. There are times like yesterday, I didn't eat until three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, I'm fixed forever. I'm never going to be hungry again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I finally cracked the code. But then other days I wake up at 8am. And if I've eaten less the day before, I might be more hungry. So really look at your hunger cues. um, Really decide what works for you. What works for Donald does not necessarily always work for me. And I know that I'm not the same person every day. There are some times I'm going to be more hungry, other times where I can wait, and it's okay to be flexible. I think this ties into the intermittent fasting window, too. There are some people who think that it is magical. It's just a shorter eating window. I am confident that if I just did intermittent fasting, I would eat as much as possible. Oh, yeah. Like that supermarket sweep game, I would Right. So I'm like, I'm not losing weight. What's wrong with me? Like, be like, like I dare people you. Give
1: themselves cheat days. It's like cheat days. I could destroy oh. an entire month's worth of progress in a day if I, I just, I just see let it as myself a challenge. whatever I wanted for a whole day. See, it doesn't
0: work. So just see what works for you. Follow your hunger cues, and you know, it, it, some things work in different seasons, and they don't work in others. So that's okay.
1: Yeah, and and one sort of final note. (laughs) I get the final note. Oh, man. Um, I
0: actually don't have anything else to say on this topic, so you're welcome to take
1: this (laughs) I do try and eat at regular intervals in the afternoon, like basically every hour on the hour, but there are times when I don't feel super hungry. It doesn't happen that often, but I enjoy skipping one of my snacks and then having two snacks later, but eventually I do end up eating the same amount of calories because I have found, for me... um, being consistent with the number of calories that i eat every day seems to really help me eat uh, lose weight yeah
0: Guess what? Fun fact. I actually have something more to say.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. It's from Shocker, the article. Everybody. It's
0: from the article. It's not me. It's her. <laughs> okay. I'm reading from the beyond. All right. Um, she also says letting yourself get too hungry is also a bad idea. Oh, yeah. It is better to eat a snack than become ravenously hungry, which causes you to make poor food decisions. Uh, this came up yesterday. We went out, and sometimes I used to be like, well, I just won't eat, and I'm out, and I'm busy.
1: Oh, such and a bad be great. idea. Or like on Thanksgiving, we've talked about, you know, That, like, you don't eat all day so that you can really tank up for Thanksgiving dinner. And, like, that's always a bad idea. No, but
0: leaving the house without, you know, I keep a bag of cashews or pistachios in my glove box in my car. And, If you go out and you're like, I'm starving, I'm shocked, I'm 46 years old and I'm surprised that I eat food, like that is not okay. It's not okay to put yourself in a position where you don't have something handy. Now, I used to be ravenously hungry, be shocked about it, and then get a bag of chips or five when I would go to Target and be like, "Well, I'm really hungry. I just got to eat yeah. something. Or, oh, look, there's a Kentucky Fried Chicken. I should just stop because I'm so hungry. I'm so shocked at my own
1: yeah biological yeah, needs. Yeah, that, that like, you know, not planning so that you had a good excuse to to eat the kfc
0: which i totally used to do so being in a position where you know yourself well enough to take something that is not a trigger food not something that you can't moderate but for me i you know a little bag of cashews it's fine it's, it's it's good food, and it, it holds me over until I'm back at home. So don't let yourself get too hungry, and that is all we have to say.
1: And one final note about <laughs> that one. Um, so the next uh, item on the list of weight loss mistakes, and this one is one of the ones where the rubber really uh, meets the road, um, is having unrealistic expectations. And I did this for so long. I would... I would have this expectation that I would go on a diet plan and two months later I would be down a hundred pounds and I would you know then just live happily ever after right. and I'd be done exactly it would be over. I'd be finished and like there is no finishing and it is okay. not only is it okay, I really, truly believe it is much, much better to lose weight slowly than quickly. And I know people hate that. They want it off. They want it off fast. But if you do it in a slow fashion, you're doing it in a sustainable fashion. And it's something that you can keep doing for the rest of your life.
0: Well, and two, to focus on the number on the scale is a really dangerous pattern to build for yourself. Because like Donald said, you know, there's always the week one, week two of a diet plan I'm yeah. in air quotes and you lose five pounds and some of that's water weight some of it's just kind of shocking your body and then i used to look at my calendar be like okay five pounds a week i'll be at my goal weight and then i can just yeah. go back to whatever and then i would the week after that maybe lose one pound i go okay well i'll adjust for this week so if i lose six pounds next week then i'll be able to keep on track and it's this right you know i'm focusing on the end result not the lifestyle that i'm living and for me you know the article talks about not looking at that big weight loss goal i used to look at okay i'm i need to lose 100 pounds divided by 10 months and it'll be over and it'll be done this time around i honestly looked and i still do looked at 5 pounds at a time i can lose 5 pounds get to that benchmark okay can i lose another 5 get to that benchmark and it made all the difference this time because when you're 100 pounds overweight you don't know what uh, like no you don't even know what that person looks like or what no. they do i know what it takes to lose five pounds like yeah. that that is something that's within my control
1: so much better um and the article uh quotes a study where researchers analyzed data from several weight loss center programs and they reported that overweight and obese women who expected to lose the most weight were also the most likely to drop out of the program after 6 to 12 months. So having those unrealistic over goals um really led them to stop altogether.
0: Well, and someone that I know recently said that they were working on an 18-month plan of weight loss. Yeah. And I used to do that and it's like I don't know if you've followed the news recently, but the last year and a half has been a little bonkers. I'll just say it; <laughs> it's wackadoodle. It's
1: been wackadoodle. That's <laughs> what that's what everyone is saying.
0: Yeah, um, but who could have expected? Everything that has happened in the last 16 months to be what life is like. I can't imagine. Remember the simpler times when we thought murder hornets were coming? Those were the good old salad days. Exactly. (laughs) We just long for those simpler times. But I can look at the month ahead. What does the month ahead look like? Okay, it's winter. Our daughter's in school. That I can predict. I cannot imagine, based on the last 16 months, what the next 16 months looks like. But I can look at my current workload, the season, our life balance, and I can look in the short term. And I think that that was something in Weight Watchers that I really liked is that they said set, I think it was a 5% goal, was like, let's first look at that. And once you get to there, we can look at the next 5%. Yeah. For me, I went even smaller at the time and just did five pounds. Like a percentage, I don't know if math is a real thing, but five pounds, (laughs) five pounds.
1: (laughs) I don't believe math exists.
0: (laughs) Weight is a human construct. Yeah. Ugh. On the moon I'd only weigh seven pounds. (laughs) Oh my goodness.
1: I used to love like going to the planetarium or whatever and you'd stand on those scales and be like, Yeah. If only
0: I lived on Jupiter.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) And expectations from weight also go into expectations for exercise. Like we say with food and with movement and with your weight, be flexible, have some minimums. And it's great if you have a perfect week where you're, you know, able to work out every day, but don't have an unrealistic expectations that you'll keep it up every single day of the year because life happens and it gets in the way. And that's just part of the process. Oh no, it's my time of the month. I am so shocked. It happens every month. Stop being surprised about the weight gain. It's okay.
1: Yeah. And as far as, Uh, expecting to lose weight super quickly like imagine what is the alternative if you lose the weight slowly in a sustainable fashion eventually you lose it if you try and lose it quickly and get disappointed and stop, yeah. you don't ever lose it. Yeah. So it, it, it is this giant catch-22 that I don't think people really think about hard enough. And it was a huge mental breakthrough for me when I was like, I could lose the weight slowly and then I would actually lose it. Yeah.
0: And guess what? We've been maintaining our weight loss for three and a half years. Yeah. Not doing anything different. Still tracking everything. No, it's, it's just living our lives. Nobody compliments us.
1: It's the same thing over and things. over again, which uh, is both depressing and reassuring.
0: Yeah. No, it's both. <laughs> and speaking of depressing and reassuring, the next thing that we're going to talk about might be the most divisive and groundbreaking difference in our marriage that I can... I have
1: no idea why this is a divisive topic. All uh, right. the, the next weight loss mistake on the list is still drinking your sugar. And the, the author's point here is that many people cut out soda um, in order to uh, lose weight, but then they continue to drink fruit juice, which has uh, as much or juice more cleans. sugar than soda. She says here, uh, 12 ounces of unsweetened apple juice uh, contains 36 grams of sugar, which is even more than what's in 12 ounces of, uh, of cola. Um, and then she goes on to say, what's even more, uh, is that liquid calories don't seem to affect the appetite centers of your brain in the same way that certain solid form foods do. Studies show that you end up consuming more calories overall instead of compensating for the liquid calories by eating less later in the day. And she quotes a couple of studies here. So in other words, if you are drinking fruit juice or drinking sugar, drinking your calories in general, like you have that. 100, 200, 300 calories, then you don't eat less because the the liquid calories aren't satisfying you in a way. And I am a big, big proponent of this. And now Catherine is about to shoot holes all over it. Pew, pew, pew.
0: No, I definitely limit my sugary drinks. I feel like it is one of those low-hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> it, it's one of those things where it's like, Oh, no, I, I'm doing everything right. What can I do? it's like, well, would it kill you not to have orange juice in the morning? Because that's like one small cup is 120 calories. Yeah. Like they're right off the bat. It's a small way to eliminate some calories that don't actually take away from your satiety. Now, for me... I prioritize having half and half in my coffee every day. I uh, buck the system by having calories in my drink every single day. And for me, it is worth it. I like coffee is a lifestyle for me. I identify as a coffee drinker. I've tried going with no fat. You know, low cal, whatever. But I really enjoy the hundred calories a day that I have with with my half and half, and it doesn't ruin my intermittent fasting window. It doesn't ruin my day. It's just something that I prioritize, and for me, it's worth it. Now, the rest of the day, I'll have black tea. I'll have uh, what we call soda, which is actually just sparkling water. Yeah, right. <laughs> We've tricked our daughter into thinking it's soda.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's all all the uh, no calorie sparkling waters are soda.
0: <laughs> yeah, and. Like we'll have a glass of beer on the weekend or a glass of wine every yeah once and I'll in have while. a
1: coca-cola every once in a while I'm not saying like if you if you love something to avoid it altogether I, I think that the point here though is that like just because it's not a soda just because it has vitamins in it doesn't mean it, it is low calorie and continuing to always drink those calories um would really be difficult for me if I was drinking two or three hundred calories every day I would be so hungry hard pressed to stick to my calorie goal because I would be so much hungrier than I, I get right now.
0: Well, and two, you know, back to that sugar thing, when I start having sugar, I keep wanting to have sugar and apple juice and orange juice uh, and, you know, those Frappuccino drinks or whatever, it's basically dessert. And there are a lot of times where we'll have or I will have, say, a hot chocolate for dessert not for breakfast because it's not you know, it it feels like a sweet treat to me. And like Donald said, we try to save those sweet treats for the evening. But if you can cut out, you know, day after day, I know we did an episode called You Can't Fight Math. If you're having a hundred to two hundred calories a day of orange juice or some fruit juice or whatever, times three hundred and sixty five days, that's a lot of calories over the year that you can just go like, you know what? I'll cut it back to just on Saturdays Yeah, and I can still have it in my life, but it's a special Saturday treat. And then you're reducing a lot of calories that uh, don't take you very far.
1: Absolutely. For sure. All right. We're in the home stretch, everybody. We are on number six out of seven. The next weight loss mistake people make is not reading labels. And we have done a few different episodes about this and, um, A lot of what this means, what the author is talking about, we did an episode called Hungry Eyes, which is all about looking at foods and thinking that they are super healthy for you because they have catchphrases on them like ancient grains or farm to table. But you're not actually looking at what's in them or how many calories. Like. It doesn't matter if something is organically grown in terms of how many calories it has. Like, you have to be mindful of what you're taking in and what you're burning.
0: Non GMO. Right. I can just eat all of it.
1: Exactly. And
0: to that point, we, you know, and we, we've done some studies on this before, studies as though we're scientists in lab coats. <laughs> I did a study at Ralph's with one bag of chocolate hummus. Uh, <laughs> But like, it's like, oh, it's chocolate hummus. It must just be so healthful. Yeah, it's it, got
1: hummus in the title.
0: But we do this thing on Facebook where it's, like, guess the calories, guess the, the quantity or whatever. And it's like, oh, chocolate hummus. It's amazing. It's still 90 calories a tablespoon, which is basically the same as a Lindor truffle. Like, yeah. just because it says hummus doesn't mean it's necessarily healthy. Another thing that we look at is those, like snack size bags of potato chips or nuts that they have at the cash registers or, you know, when you when movies were a thing that you went to in the world. Yeah. You know, oh a bag of candy. Oh, it's a single serving, whatever. It turns out, you know, it's like, oh, a hundred calories. It says in big letters on the outside. It says 25 servings per container right Ah! exactly
1: (laughs) and and even those like single serve bags of chips that you just mentioned you know i buy the ones that are roughly 150 calories a piece but they have single serve bags that are double that you know that end up being around 300 calories and they still look like a single serve bag but you really have to like look at the label and make sure of what you're getting
0: oh and it's all that marketing stuff it's like okay here is a mini quiche it has 3.5 servings per container. Who's going to take a portion out three and a half servings? Yeah, for sure. We definitely see a bag as a portion, a box as a portion. So for us, limiting our treat sizes, getting the lunch bag snack size matters to us in keeping our portions small. Because if I see a bag at the checkout, there's a very good chance, even after all this time, that I'm just going to eat the whole thing, For and I, sure. I have to know that. Like, if you pick this up, you might eat the whole thing, like because exactly. that's what you do.
1: And um, the uh, to quote the author of the article, uh, Franziska Spritzler, I just like saying that. Um, she says, unfortunately, many foods are labeled with healthy sounding food claims on the front of the package. These may give you a false sense of security about choosing a certain item. And she uh, references two different studies which show that people oftentimes when they hear health claims or read health claims on the front of a package think that what they're getting is going to help them lose weight.
0: No, and definitely those, you know, if the package has to tell you, how you're going to feel, it's probably trying to trick you somehow. And just because something is, like Donald said, an ancient grain, a whole food, you know, non-GMO, whatever, it doesn't mean agave syrup does not have the same amount of calories as sugar. Sure, it's a different resource. Maybe it's, you know, ethically uh, farmed. I don't know. Do they farm agave?
1: Sure. sure. They Ethically farm. I don't <laughs> farm like those raised. unethical agave farms. <laughs>
0: but like, and we've said this before, but we had a friend who alerted us that agave still had calories. Like yeah. it was some like, what? They haven't told us. Like the government doesn't want us to know. And calories matter. And whether they're organic, whether they're a whole food, it all adds up. And I think the the issue with those, you know, the claims of the whole food, oh, I'm eating healthy food. Oh, I'm only having avocado oil. Why am I not losing weight? It's that in the end, for us, we understand that calories matter. And just stuffing ourselves with whole ancient grain, skinny, smart, whatever, it doesn't mean that the calories don't still have an impact.
1: It sure doesn't. And we finally made it, everybody. We're at the final uh, weight loss mistake what on is the it list. Be? And this one, um, I will just preface this by saying we may make those of you into intuitive eating uh, upset on this one, but um, I am a huge, huge fan of this. We've done some other episodes about it. Um, people make the mistake of not tracking what they eat in any way. Yep. And I personally, if you're not tracking what you eat, I don't understand how you know what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. Like, how do you set a benchmark to then make adjustments to your diet plan later on? And we started by just, or I started by just sort of tracking what I was eating. And it's one of the things I picked up from Weight Watchers that has really stuck with me. I don't do Weight Watchers, but. Tracking what I'm eating has been a crucial part of my weight loss success, and I do it to this day, and I started by just sort of tracking what I ate without putting any judgment on it, and figured out how many calories I was eating versus how many I was burning, and then I reduced to that, and by tracking my calories every day, then I know what I'm doing, and I know when I go over a certain calorie mark that it's going to reflect negatively on the scale. And I know when I stick to a certain calorie mark, that is going to reflect positively on the scale.
0: Well, and it's about data collection. As you're collecting data on steps, on your weight, on your calories, it matters because I can look back over the last five years and I know exactly what I was eating, how many steps I'm getting. It doesn't have to do with my emotions, which vacillate wildly uh, from day to day. And for me, it's just hard data it's not an opinion it's not well how does my body feel and if you are an intuitive eater and it is working for you that is amazing for me my ability to lie to myself is unlimited it's amazing i do such a great job of being like "Well, i was so good
1: oh my goodness what does good
0: mean like it's not a good witch bad witch like it's just data, and i can look back at my december Like, there are times I don't look at my past data, and I'm like, I don't understand. What's wrong? And then I look back, and I'm like, oh, I overate every day for three weeks. That's why the scale isn't going down. Like, oh, I was eating more than – and it's just data that I can collect and look back on. It doesn't have to do with my opinion. When I did Atkins 20 years ago, I don't know how many calories I was eating. No. Like, oh, should I do Atkins again? What did you eat? Like,
1: yeah, I know. And, and, and like, I, you know, not to beg on Atkins or keto or, or any of that really, but I guess I'm about to, like, I did it, I did it two different times. And the first time I lost a bunch of weight on it until I started eating carbs again. The second time I did it again, and I thought I was doing it the same way but I did not lose weight on it. And I, you know, I didn't have any data about what I was eating the first time versus what I was eating the second time. So I couldn't go back and replicate how I had done it the first time, even though I had gone through it. And so it didn't work for me at all the second time.
0: Well, and there are apps too. I know people can get overwhelmed with the idea of tracking calories or feel like it's a punishment. For us, it's so liberating. Like, I don't have to worry about, like, it's like guessing your gas gauge. All right, well, knowing how much gas is in my tank is very limiting, man, and I don't feel free, man. I'm just going to, like, cover it with black tape, and then I'll just drive, and then when I feel like I'm low, it'll be fine. Like, it just is data for me. It's it's like a bumper car thing. I can make 50 analogies about why it's important. (laughs) It just kind of keeps me on track. And guess what? When I don't track my portions get bigger and oh, bigger yeah. and oh i you know oh i don't oh yeah i forgot that i ate that chimichanga earlier and you I bring up a
1: good point it's not just tracking it's weighing and measuring and not just eyeballing like what you're eating which i you know i used to be like oh that's about a tablespoon and then i would i would measure what i thought it was and it was you know it would be three tablespoons
0: yeah it's amazing what uh I can heap up on a tablespoon tracker. And, you know, and for those, we've done episodes too about starting to track your calories and how to sort of get that as part of your habit. There's also an app called 8-A-T-E, that's how you spell 8, that you take pictures of your food and then you can say, like, was it an impulse? Was it a snack that you just wanted? Oh, it's
1: so good. I didn't do this with this app, but, you know, it was that, it was Figuring out what I was eating that was triggering me to eat too much later was so huge in my developing my plan and realizing that I had to stop eating carbs early in the day and eventually stop eating breakfast altogether. And it really, really ended up being the key to my success, just sort of sticking to those you know high protein foods earlier in the day and not eating anything that was going to make me just want more sugar, more sugar, more sugar.
0: Well, and being able to go back, because the less I have to keep in my brain, Like it's amazing. I wrote it down.
1: There's not a whole lot of space in my brain. No, (laughs) it's
0: just that monkey banging the symbols. There's not much going on. But I can go back and say, "Gosh, the scale was up last week. I was so good. I feel like I did everything." And then I look and I go, "Oh gosh. Well, I had alcohol almost every night because it was a vacation week, and I haven't had a salad in a month. And like it all." Adds up, and I can look at that data and just go, Oh, okay, you know what? I think I need to eat something green. Like that might help me out. And it's just being able to go back to that and then make decisions moving forward that's really helpful. And it is a process. At first, it did not feel fair. I felt put upon and overwhelmed. And there are some people, if you're listening to the podcast this long, Uh, then you know what we talk about. But there are people who say like, well, it's disordered to track your calories. It's disordered to track. Is it disordered to track your financial budget? Yeah. Is it disordered to track your gasoline? Is it disordered to track like... And I
1: don't know how else I would do it. And you know what? It may seem like this big, huge undertaking. It might be six minutes of my day. Yeah. Like it might... Be six minutes, and once I do it, I liked one of my favorite things is to track a whole bunch of things I know I'm going to eat in the morning. Yeah, and then they're already in my bank, so to speak, and so it's like spending free money. Only it's like eating free calories in a lot of ways. Like I've already tracked it, so I get to eat it, and I don't even have to do anything, Yay! and it's already there, well, and it works really well for me.
0: And not to be the bummer police, because you Uh-oh, know, that's bummer
1: police, everybody.
0: But like. You know what would be really a lot harder, Donald, no. is to track your insulin medication oh, because yeah. of your diabetes. Yeah, like and your appointments at your physical therapist because you lost your leg because of diabetes. Yeah, like, I know.
1: I know firsthand about getting a diabetes diagnosis, and it is not fun.
0: Learning braille because you've gone blind from diabetes. Like, yeah. It this actually happens. I know I, I try to shuffle in a little bit of the yuck yucks with the hard information. We were on a path where Donald was going to be on diabetes medicine for the rest of his life, where he might actually lose a limb, because he was just seeing what his body told him to do and eat the food he liked to YOLO, right. everybody. And it's so like, our health matters to us. And in the past, we've talked about this before, it was a game, I wanted to get to a certain weight so that I could go back to eating an entire deep dish pizza. I wanted to get to a certain weight so that I could just go back to my old lifestyle. We are in a position now where we have taken all of this data, all of this information, and based on our lives right now as they are today, we are making accommodations to set us up for a better future. We want to age well. We want to be physically active. We want to feel good in our bodies and not be sick with disease. And we're doing everything that we can. Yeah. To help our future selves and to help our daughter too, so she doesn't have to wheel us both around in wheelchairs. Yeah, I was 60. on a path
1: where I wasn't going to be able to like walk up a flight of stairs, let alone do anything else like that.
0: Yeah, we were going to have to buy like a pulley system to get us ourselves up. Because we live on second floor. You know, uh, 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 you know and
1: now mm-hmm. we take six mile walks. And you know, I am fifty one, and you know, it doesn't even phase me to take a walk that long. I, I intentionally park on the sixth floor of the parking garage at work so that I can walk up the stairs with my full backpack like this is the difference and if we can do it you know sitting around doing nothing all the time if we can go from that to this you know you can too believe me
0: yeah and over these two episodes we've given a lot of different ideas and tips on how to not make mistakes The important part of this is to not get overwhelmed with all of the different things that you're doing wrong. If you see that like, oh gosh, I've got to upheave everything, pick the low hanging fruit. What's the one thing that you can start monitoring right now? What's, you know, of any of the list, if you could do 50% of one of the things on the list, if you could reduce your consumption of sugar, if you can start tracking a meal a day, start slow, start where you are add some additional vegetables into your life. Like, we're not talking about monumental changes. The person that I was five years ago, all I could do was eat some frozen food, track it, and pout. Like, that was like... (laughs) like,
1: Pouting burns calories. It sure
0: does. Um, What, it takes more calories to frown than it does to smile? It sure does. But, like, that's where I was five years ago. From there, okay, you know what? I can start adding a walk to our daughter's school and back. Okay, after that, I can start... Closing the kitchen at 8pm. It's small, sustainable baby steps over time. It adds up and we're not the people that we were five years ago. And I really look forward to figuring out who we're going to be in five years from now. Like, we're not stuck in this one pattern of behavior. It has to do with season of life, work, family, like it all adds up. And we challenge you to push yourself a little bit harder because change takes work. It takes changing your current habits. If we can do it, we know that you can do it.
1: Yes, indeed. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, another weight loss mistake people make is not listening to We Only look thin," <laughs> and you are not making that mistake by listening. Check it
0: off the list.
1: Exactly. Th- exact you <laughs> thank you so much for listening um if you enjoyed this episode uh all of our episodes are available wherever you found this one um and you can also uh listen to them on our website at weonlylookthin.com
0: yeah if for some reason it doesn't show up in your podcast app which happens from time to time glitch in the matrix you can just go to our website weonlylookthin.com and find them all there
1: yeah you- we have not missed posting an episode uh sunday night slash monday morning uh uh, in three years, we don't intend to start now.
0: Yeah. And if you want more information on our women's support group, Walt Place, based on Facebook, you can go to our website there too and to click on join our support group to find out more about that. We have two subscription options a monthly option with a three day trial and a three month option with a seven day trial to see if accountability is right for you.
1: Another weight loss mistake people make is not joining Walt Place. <laughs> And yet another weight Shame. loss mistake people make is uh not following us on social media. You can follow us at We Only Look Thin on Twitter Instagram, and Facebook.
0: Yep, and if you have questions, suggestions, uh, or want to share a little bit about yourself, you can email us at weonlylookthin at Uh, gmail.com It might take a little while to get back to you, but we do try to answer all of your questions. If you have suggestions on episodes that you would like us to cover, we got something to say about everything, don't we?
1: We sure do. And uh, I promise I won't make this joke again, but I'm going to make it one more time. Uh, The final weight loss mistake people make is not going to apple podcasts and leaving us a five-star rating and a review so if you could please do that it really helps us out not only does it boost our egos uh by you saying nice things about it it also helps people find the show when they're looking uh, on apple podcasts for other ratings and reviews it boosts us in the search results so we would really appreciate that
0: So if you're still unsure about the difference between whole foods in the grocery store and entire foods in your mouth, just remember (laughs) that Donald and I are an inspiration.
1: The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals.